Hello, and welcome to the RCC Weekly Sermon Podcast. In the third week of our series, This Is Us, Pastor Kenny taught from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, about looking at what the Apostle Paul taught on being a healthy, Christ-centered community. Good morning, Remembrance Community Church. Um, If you guys have been here any length of time, you've probably heard us encourage uh, you that it's important for you to build godly relationships before you need them. Anybody ever heard us say that? Let me ask you this. Anybody this year or last year, 2018, experienced the fruit of that or or been blessed by some of the relationships that you had at this church um, because you built them? Show of hands. Yeah, it's, it's an important thing. It's not just um, something that we say because you should say it. We, we believe in it wholeheartedly. And there's some very practical ways that you can do that, right? Um, just coming more regularly to church on Sunday, the more you're here, the more chances you have to build relationships. Amen? I mean, it's just a practical Peace, no one should feel guilty. I know sometimes we're busy, but the more that you're here, the more you're probably, uh, chances of you building relationships uh, uh, are. And there's statistics that show that in the last probably 20 years, um, people, most people, their faithfulness level, meaning of how often they go to church, has gone down from like three to five times uh, per month. Like, like a regular church attender was like three to five times, and now it's like one to three. If you go to church one to three times a month, you're a regular attender. And so it's just that's just that's just happening. And I mean, time shifting and, and busyness. I get it. But the more you're here and then just even coming early. I mean, practically, if you come early, you, you get more of a chance to kind of greet some people, meet some people, stay a little bit after. Right. Like leave some margins uh, with that as a way to practically build godly relationships before you need them. Um, Brittany mentioned that we have community groups and Bible studies You could also join a team. It's a fact that the more involved you are, the more the more you you build relationships. If you get on the setup team or the teardown team or the children's ministry team, you're going to get to know people and 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 build relationships that way. But the point is this. The point is that it's important for your spiritual health to build godly relationships, community, fellowship, even before you need them. And that's just kind of a, a, a fact. A matter of fact, God works, ministry happens in the context of relationships. Most of the work that God does in our lives takes place in the context of relationships. And so building community is incredibly important. And it's a biblically foundational fact. It is God's will for you if you are a believer to be in a local church, in a a community of believers. Um, Towards the end of the 1800s, there was a guy, he's now famous, um, he was an evangelist in Chicago, went all over the world, his name was D.L. Moody. You kind of think of uh, of like a Billy Graham, that he was the Billy Graham of their day, and Billy Graham was famous for attempting to reach people that no one else was even attempting to reach. I mean, most churches were, were, were attracting a certain type of people, and he was going out into stadiums, to streets. He was renting out uh, uh, anywhere he could, he could go and just inviting anybody to come, regular people, people from the streets, people with drug addiction, people, the type of people Jesus reached out to. Also, on the other side, like, like people who are incredibly wealthy, it was an interesting diversity of the amount of 
people and the amount of diversity that was coming to, to, to D.L. Moody. And then afterwards, often he would set up these retreats, especially for the men, and they would go up to the mountains as kind of like a follow-up. And the story goes like this, that one time he, he's around a campfire up in the mountains, and he's got a businessman, and he's got some, some, some people from the, the ghettos of Chicago. He had a gangster that had given his life to Jesus at a, at a at, you know, the, the, that time frame with the gangs in, in, in Chicago. And one of them was there. And they're all around the campfire. And he's kind of giving his, his follow-up speech. And he's telling them about how important it was to join a church. You've given your life to Jesus. Man, get, get plugged in. And this one wealthy a uh, busy businessman gave a little pushback and he said, you know what, I don't have time for that and I don't really see the point. And D.L. Moody famously and brilliantly did not say a word. He just took this long stick and he had this campfire with all these logs and this huge fire. He took this stick and he pulled one of the logs out to the side. And at first it was still glowing and it was on fire, but slowly it cooled and it went completely out, and they all remained silent. D.L. Moody looked at him. He said, I've been a Christian a long time. I've seen a lot of people give their life to Jesus, and that's what happens to people when they're not connected in community. Community is incredibly important for the health, the spiritual health of the believer. And so if you want to turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2, in Philippians chapter 2, Paul is famously writing uh, one of his prison epistles. It's a letter that he wrote when he was in prison. He was in prison because he was a Christian, because he was an active Christian, going around telling people about Jesus. They put him in prison, and he wrote a couple letters. And he, This is one of those letters that he wrote uh, to Philippi. And, and this church was struggling. And this church was struggling for two specific reasons. One, this church was struggling because they were followers of Jesus in an area that didn't value following Jesus and actually was opposing the movement that was happening in the church. They, they were actively opposing. Matter of fact, Paul, their leader, is in prison for that very reason. And so they're all facing a little bit of struggle at different level. But even more practically, they're struggling because at these churches, there were people. And people are messy. And so relationships are messy. And so community is messy. And so church is messy. The interrelational issues were just as much of a struggle. And so he's writing this letter to this church that's struggling in these, in these ways. And he writes and he says this to them. He says in Philippians 2, 1 through 4, If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourself. Everyone should look not only to his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And so number one in your notes is in, the, in what Paul is writing, he's writing, he gives an if-then statement, doesn't he? He starts off with an if-then, and then he gives four if-then comments, if-then this, and 
The idea, the general idea is what he's saying is if you are new in Christ. That's the first thing in your notes. If you are new in Christ. And the simplest way to say this is contextually the way that Paul knew that the journey of anybody who was a believer is that you weren't born a believer, right? You were born a sinner. You were born opposed to following God. You were born doing your own thing, living your own life, doing what you think makes you happy and following your own heart. And then at some point when you become a believer, you leave behind your old life and you have a new life in Jesus, a new life in Christ. So if you're new in Christ, he's saying, then if then, then there should be some things that mark you and that make you different than other people other communities. If then you're in Christ and he's talking to a community in this passage, not an individual. When you hear these four verses, he's not talking to an individual. It's not hashtag personal goals that he's giving you. It's hashtag community goals. This is my goal for you as a community at this church. And so I I want you to do this if you have your your, your paper Bible, uh, a circle, underline, or highlight where it starts off where it says, if then. Circle, underline, or highlight, if then, and then draw a line over to your margins and write, Jesus has given you a new life. Because that's what he's saying. If Jesus has given you a new life, then these things are things that you need to consider and put into practice. If Jesus has given you a new life, then he wants you to follow him within a church community. That's a biblical foundational principle. And here's some interesting facts about community. Just from observation and being a human. Every community has something that it's centered on. Right? It's called common unity for a reason. You have a common unity, a community. It's something that... That, that you're centered on. And, and, the, and the scriptures, it uses this Greek word koinonia. Sometimes we call it fellowship. Sometimes we call it community. But every community is centered on something. And usually, if you think about it, and we'll try to look at some examples, every community is, cent- is centered on something. And it will usually be related to location and common interest. Location and common interest. So let me give you an example. Think way back when you were a kid. I don't know what neighborhood you were from, but, but back in the, in, in the 80s when I was growing up, skateboarding was cool. Skateboarding and breakdancing. If you can imagine, I could pop and lock when I was like eight. Don't ask me now, right? I always, it was before you had video, I always looked better in my head than if I had videoed it and it was on YouTube. It would have been embarrassing, right? Um, but imagine some kids that, that are, that are skateboarders, right, in the neighborhood, right? You have this neighborhood, and the kids all get together, and they skateboard together, and they hang out together. And the location, their neighborhood, is one of the things that attracts them. And then secondarily, the fact that they skateboard, that also attracts them. And then, and then you get a little bit of a dynamic with the group, right? Like some people love to skateboard and they don't live in that neighborhood, but maybe they're friends or they hear about it and they'll drive a long distance. They'll get their mom or their dad to drive them or they'll take the bus or they'll skateboard or ride their bike or Uber or whatever it takes. They'll travel to come to that neighborhood because they want to be a part of that group that's centered around skateboarding. Also in that neighborhood, there's probably some kids who don't really care about skateboarding. 
but they want to belong. And so they're posers, right? They act like they're good at skateboarding or they act like they're into skateboarding. They buy a skateboard because they want to be a part of this group. And that's how communities work. A location and a common interest is what brings people together, not unlike a church, right? And so Paul is writing this letter to the church in Philippi. It's a location. And he's saying, if then you have these common things in interest, He's, he's, he's directing them to what is your common interest? Or in other words, what, what is the center of this community? And when you think about the center of a community, think about something orbiting around something. When you orbit around something, that's your center. That's what centers you. And if you want to kind of get a, a, a picture in your head, have you guys ever found somebody or known somebody who you were hanging out with them? They're your friend or your brother or your sister or, or you know them. And then all of a sudden they get involved with an unhealthy relationship. Right. And their life begins to, to center around this unhealthy relationship. And then what happens, right? Maybe you've experienced this in your own life, right? They they start to center their life around this unhealthy relationship. And then it starts to affect everything else in their life, right? And we start to watch their life become unhealthy. And then we start to get concerned. And hopefully we don't talk behind their back. Hopefully we, we, we do something more mature. But this is the idea of an individual and something centering. It can, it can radically transform how you function. It, it changes everything of what, what you're centered on. And so every tribe, every clique, every friendship group, right? Every gang, every team, every community, every koinonia, every church has to be centered on something. And so the question is, what are we centered on? And that's what, that's what, Paul is really talking about in this letter. He says, If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy. In other words, he's saying like, if, 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 if there's any encouragement in Christ in this community, he's writing this letter from prison to his friends who he's seeing struggling. Some of them are getting centered on the wrong things and probably their life is getting unhealthy and he's getting concerned. He writes this letter. He's like, look, if there's any encouragement in Christ, let me ask you this, Remembrance Community Church. Do you have at the tip of your, of your thought process a but God moment testimony? Like in your life, where you know for a fact, like my life was like this. It was, it was, maybe it seemed like it was going okay. Some people's testimonies are like, it seemed like it was going okay on the outside. But inside I was withering away. I was empty and lost. Or maybe it was like, my life was a complete train wreck. And I was just making bad choices and, and, and I didn't know how to fix it. But God entered into my life. And began to change me from the inside out. Do you have a but God testimony? Is there any encouragement in Christ? That's what he's saying. Is there any consolation of love? In other words, they're struggling. 
Life's hard. You console somebody when their life is hard, right? I'm going to console you and comfort you. And that's the, or a consolation prize. You, you didn't lose. You're a total loser, but you get a consolation prize, right? It's like if your life is struggling and it's, it's the way that it is, but if there's any consolation in the fact that God loves you. Now, if you're a millennial or under, I'd say it like this. Has God's love got you shook? Now, shook is this idea like, like, like that I'm shook means that like I'm stopped in my foot tracks. I'm speechless. I'm wowed. I'm, I'm shook. I'm, 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 I'm affected. That's what he's saying. He's like, have you been literally impacted? Not, not do you know the song Jesus loves me? This I know for the Bible tells me so. That's just brain information. That's just memorizing something. I'm saying, like, has it impacted you deep enough to where it's literally consoled you and you're like, I don't have anything else, but I have this and that's all I need. That's what he's saying. Is there any consolation of love? And then he goes, is there any fellowship with the Spirit? Now, you can look at this two ways. It's not like, is he saying, is there any fellowship with God, with the Spirit who is God? Like, is there any koinonia with God? Probably that's true. But, he's, but he, in the context, he's actually talking about Have you experienced within your Christian community a unity of the Spirit? I mean, is the the Holy Spirit working in you and through you and, 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 and collecting you guys together? Is there any, have you experienced any unity in the Spirit? Any fellowship, koinonia, in the Spirit? Then he says, any affection and mercy. Any affection and mercy. I mean, like, has it gone from your head to your heart? Has it moved you to affection and mercy? Have you begun to see people differently because you're new in Christ? Like, when you, the people you used to see people, and you, would, and you would, like, get annoyed with them, but now you see deeper, and you're like, you have compassion for them. You want to see them meet this Jesus that's changing your life. Do you look at people differently? And even here, he's, he's probably saying any affection and mercy from, from Paul who's spent some time loving them because he, he's in prison and they know it. And he's like, have, 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 is, has even my ministry affected you? Because he's going to say, well, then make my joy complete. Right? Is, is, in other words, the, the simplest way to look is like, has Jesus impacted your life, your heart? Are you new in Christ? Is everything different for you because of your relationship with this God? Are you new in Christ? If then, if that's true, then he's going to compel us with some things. Has God got your attention? Have you seen his goodness and worth? And the second thing in your notes, if that's true, if then then be in a Christ-centered community. Then be in a Christ-centered community. Let's go back for a second and think through this idea of relationships, right? Relationship goals. How would that be different from the person that we described earlier who started to center their life on an unhealthy relationship What if that person's life, their heart was centered and focused 
on Jesus as the king. He was on the throne. If Jesus was the center of their life, then that rela- any relationship they have would be one of the things that orbits with that. It wouldn't, the relationship wouldn't be the center orbiting and then, and, then, and then slowly Jesus gets pushed out with centrifugal force out of their life. But if they had Jesus as the center, and then their relationship would orbit around that. Amen? Does that make sense? What Paul is saying is that I want you to focus this community on Jesus and let everything that you do orbit around that. To orbit around Jesus, a community that's centered on Jesus is orbiting around Jesus as a Christ-centered community. Does that make sense? Is Jesus the king of your life? Has Jesus become the center of your life? That's what he's saying. He's, he's giving some very descriptive, like if, if you have a but God moment, if you've been consoled by his love, if you've experienced the, the koinonia, the type of love and, and, and relationship that happens in community when, when, when the Holy Spirit is working within that community and if it's affected you and you have mercy and affection, then get in one of these Christ-centered communities. Join a Christ-centered community. If Jesus is the king on the throne... That's going to greatly impact this church. Amen? And so let's think about practically our church for a moment. The series is called This Is Us. We've been looking at who we are as a church, who we want to be as a church. And Paul's giving us a little bit of, of, of instruction. But what about our church? We, we, we center a little bit on a location. Amen? Right? We're, we're, we're here in Lomita and we, we kind of consider ourselves a neighborhood church. Now, just like that skateboarding neighborhood, some people love this church. Some of you guys don't live in Lomita and you love this church and you travel to come to this church. That is so a part of our DNA and you are so welcome here and a part of us. This isn't like a Lomita only club. It's just we, 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 we're in Lomita. We feel like God's called us here. Some people will attract. And some people are here. It's like the skateboarder. and You're not super into Jesus yet. You just have some friends that come here, and so you kind of hang out, right? You bought a skateboard, and you're here, right? But you're welcome, too. And we love that, that, that you're here. But Lomita is kind of our location. But here's the bigger question. Not if you drive and travel or, or, or how, you know, what are we centered on? What is the central focus, the central uniting of our community that's a big question. And, and Paul, Paul brings it on in Philippians 2.2. 2. He goes, make my joy complete. If you're new in Christ, if, this is, if you want to center your life on Jesus, then make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Now, if you have your paper Bible, I want you to circle, underline, or highlight where he says joy complete. He goes, make my joy complete. And over in the margin, right, hashtag community goals, right? That's what he's saying. When he says, make my joy complete, he's saying, this is my vision for your community. This is what I want you guys to look like as a community of believers in Philippi. This is what I want you to look like, Remembrance Community Church, as a community 
that meets in Lomita, right? This is what I want you to look like. This should be your community goals. He says, make my joy complete. That means this is the end goal in mind that would bring me joy if you were like this. And he says a few things, right? He says, think the same way. Hey, what does that mean? He goes, look, if, make my joy complete by thinking the same way. Let me just unpack this for a second. What Paul is not saying, he's not saying all of you have to think the same way about everything, right? All of you have to either pick a, pick a side. This is, a, this is a, dem, a, a democratic church or a republican church. He's not saying about politics. He's not saying like you have to think the same way. Some of you are vegan and some of you are like beef eaters. Like that's fine. He's not saying like, like you need to think the same way about everything. What Paul is saying is you need to think beyond all of those earthly things and think the same way about what matters most in God's eyes. You need to have some unity about what we would call gospel intentionality. It's not saying, look, if, if, you, if, if you've been impacted by Jesus, then you all need to have like this cookie cutter discipleship where you all dress the same. You all, no, no, celebrate diversity at this church, but function together with gospel intentionality in unity. When he says, think the same way, we can agree to disagree on things that don't matter very much. We overlook those things. We think the same way. We realize what matters most matters most, and we're on board with that. He says, think the same way. And then he says, have the same love. Now, is he saying, like, have the same love as each other has, or is he saying, have the same love as Christ has for you? It's probably both. But in the context, what he's probably saying more is have the same love that Christ is having for you. And the reason why I say that is if you read from verses 5 through 11, which you guys are going to do, for those of you guys who go to a community group this week, that's what you're going to do. You're going to see how Jesus models this. He goes, have the same love. And then in the the next uh, part of the passage, he goes, like Jesus does. And it unpacks that. We don't have time today, but you're going to do that in your community groups, if that doesn't uh, encourage you to go to a community group, then um, reread this. If there's any love in Christ, right? But he says, have the same love. And then he says, be united in spirit. And he's already said, have fellowship or koinonia or community with the spirit. And now he adds, be united in the spirit. It's a community that is a body with many parts that Paul often talks about. A church is a a body that has many parts. And he'll often talk about that, like, don't let the arm tell the leg that they're more important. So we have this diversity. We all have different parts to play. But somehow the Holy Spirit, we fix our eyes on Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is working in us and through us in community, and we're united that way in purpose, he says, and, and, and you're functioning again. He says, that's what I want you to do. And so every, if you're going to be united in spirit, here's a couple things. You, everyone has a part to play. You need to, be on, you need to get involved, right? Imagine if, if you joined a, a soccer team and you told them on day one, I'm all in. Let's win the championship. And then you never showed up to practice, 
And then you show up 15 minutes to the game, late to the game, and you're like, ah, I'm a little tired, you know, just, I'll just eat the oranges on the side, right? <laughs> you're kind of on the team. Maybe you get a trophy if you're in AYSO. Maybe if you're in private, they kick you off. I don't know. But you are not united in the spirit in that point. Amen? United in the spirit practically means like, I'm all in. I'm, I'm a part of this. I recognize I'm a part of this. I'm an active part of this. Put me in coach, right? And that's what he's saying. Be united in the spirit. He says, be intent on one purpose. What he's saying is, he's saying, have a, have a mission in mind. Have a reason, have a why in mind of why you guys exist, why you have community, right? This is what he's saying. So what should all this look like at Remembrance Community Church? What should all this look like at our church? Well, we want to think the same way about about the essentials. And at this church, you know what? One of the things I love at this church is, is the freedom to have some different opinions. I love the fact that that we have a little bit of, we have some diversity. I mean, there's some people here that are like, you know what, I wish that we, that we had more spiritual gift activity. And there's other people that are like, I wish we did this more. I wish we did more missions. I wish we did more these things. I'm glad that you're all here. I wish we did all those things too. You being here is going to impact and, and make us better. We don't have to all be, you know how boring that would be if we all were exactly the same? You know, you know what the most unhealthy, in my opinion, for your, for your own spiritual growth is to always hang around people who always agree with you. If you. I hope in our community groups that you're not in a community group where everyone believes in you. Because then they're never challenging you. Even if they're wrong. Right? We can listen and we can, have, we can, we can be respectful and we can, we can learn and it might challenge us to rethink our own thoughts. That's actually healthy so we can have some diversity. But when it comes to what matters most, that's what unites us. We think the same way about the things that matter most. And God's relentless love is hopefully what drives and motivates this church. The fact that for most of us, we've experienced God's love. And maybe you experience God's love through other people. That's one of the ways, profound ways that God loves you. He loves you through each other, right? But we, we've experienced this profound love from God, which has compelled us to be in love with God. And that love spills over, and so we love each other. And so love is this movement, hopefully, as what drives Remembrance Community Church. At least that's my hope. We're united in the Spirit. Everyone has a part to play. I think at this church, one of the joys that I have as a pastor, we're not a big church. We're a, I, actually, in, in, in the big scope of things, we're an we're a upper middle-sized church when you think about most churches in the United States. But here's something that's interesting. We have more people that are involved than most churches do. We have a higher percentage of people. And that is so I love that. We're a church that a lot of people are involved. And so thank you for doing that. And if you haven't found your part, I can just tell you that's one of the things that 
that we talk about at our staff meetings. How do we recruit more people? How do we help people figure out what their part is? We love seeing people find their part, not because we need you, but because you need that. We know that when you're a part of this, it transforms you. It grows you. It's one of the ways that God's work. And so we're united in spirit in the sense that, we, that, we, that we're a part of this. We show up, right? We, we give financially for a lot of us. A lot of us give financially towards the mission of this church, and we couldn't do it without that. You give of your time, your, ta- your, your treasures, uh, your talents. This is what it looks like to be united in spirit. And then, and then we have one purpose. We have a mission. It's up on the wall. There's your cheat sheet, right? What does it say? We passionately point people to Jesus. Boom. And we, we want to learn to be and make disciples. And this whole year, we're going to be unpacking these ideas. We're going to do a whole series on what does it look like to passionately point people to Jesus? And what does it look like to actively be a disciple? And what does it look like to actively make a disciples? But that is what unites us in community at this church. That is our common purpose. And then number three in your notes is this. He says, if then, he goes, if you're new in Christ, then be an active part of a Christ-centered community. And number three is, and be an active participant. Be an active participant. And he goes, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of of others. I want to have the worship team come back out uh, as we unpack this a little bit. If you have your paper Bible, I want you to circle, underline, or highlight where he says everyone. He says everyone should look out not only for his own interests. Who does that, uh, who does that include? It includes everyone. And the idea here is that everyone in a Christ-centered a church Everyone matters. Everyone is a part. A church isn't a church where he has this, the pastor and you have these leaders, you have whatever it is. Those are the, those are the people that kind of are, they, they, they run the church and then we go to the church. We attend the church. That's not church. That's not church. Church is a church when there's active participants and everybody has a part and each part matters. And you might say, Someone might say, I'm too busy, right? I'm too busy to get more involved. Well, I would argue from this passage that Paul might say to you, what, with your own interests? He has to do nothing out of selfish ambition or, or your own interests. If you're like, I'm too busy. Well, that's exactly what he's talking about. Like, do it for the others. Get involved because, because we're others focused. And you might say, um, it's not the type of people I'm normally attracted to. Right? I don't know if I want to join a community group. I haven't really found one that's like my, my people. Right? And Paul might say, it's not about you. And actually, the reality is, is that God might surprise you with these people. God might surprise you with these people. And you might say, I'm not in a good place right now. I just need to work on me first. And Paul might say, nope, nope. God works in the context of relationships. Work that out amongst fellowship. Because here's another thing at this church. Everyone matters and everyone is in process. It's okay to come as you are. 
Everyone has process. The, prop, the process is not without purpose. Our goal is to become more like Jesus, just like, like, like Paul's joy, uh, goal or, or making his joy complete was for us to be this type of community. So there's a, there's a goal in the process. There's an aim. But just come as you are. We work it out together. And as we prepare to respond to who God is and what God has done and what God has promised, I want to just stop and ask, through all of this talk about this passage, about community, about who we want to be, maybe even in the last few weeks, what has God been stirring up in you? What is God calling you to do about it? What are some next steps that God is calling you to do? Are, are you wanting to be more plugged in? Are you wanting to get in a community group? Are you wanting to let your guard down? Are you wanting to make time for community because now you're like God just revived, like I need to make time to do this. What is God calling you to do? And before you try to do it on your own strength, I want to encourage you to do a couple things. I want to encourage you to do a couple things. If God is calling you to make some changes, I want you to do a couple things. One, spend some time praying about it. Just ask God to help you. And two, Find some other believers that you already have a relationship with and tell them what your goal is. Before you leave or before too much time passes, pray and ask God to help you and find somebody that you know and say, this is what my goal is. And that might look like, like you know, at your community group this week or if you're not yet in one, maybe it's just even, maybe, maybe you don't know anybody at this church and you call your mom back in, in wherever she lives and go, this, this is something. But, but say it out loud to someone else who will hold you accountable and begin to pray for you. And I would just encourage us like this. This morning, let's make the most of these next moments, this next half hour. Let's, let's allow our, our, our focus to be centered on Jesus as we sing praises together corporately. We start to sing about how great God is, about all the things that God has done, all our but God testimonies. Let's think through those about what God has promised. And let's, let's enter into 2019 like this. Just like, like imagine this is your, our first soccer practice. And you're like, you know what, I'm fired up. Let's win the championship. You know what I want to do this year? I want to passionately point people to Jesus. What do you think God's going to do this year in 2019? What might God do through this community 2019? 2020... Look next to you if you have an empty seat. Somebody you've never even seen before might be sitting there with a new but God story. Right? There's, there's so much potential when you have the gospel and you have a community of what God might do. Let's enter in with Jesus as the center and then let's trust God with the results. So I'm going to pray and then I want to just spend some time just, just praising God letting him be the center of our focus as we corporately sing together. And then whatever it is that God's calling you as far as next steps, I want you to just kind of be praying about that. Share that with someone and let's step into that. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for planting this church here in this location in Lomita. I thank you for the people that you've already brought whether it be because they're close by, they live in this neighborhood, or, or from far away they heard about it. 
and the people who have stayed because they, they believe in what you're doing here in and through us. I thank you for the people who have, who have taken next steps already and have, have gotten more and more plugged in. I thank you for the ways that you've changed us in the last six years individually and as a community. And we just want to, in these moments, we just want to declare that we believe that if we keep our eyes fixed on you, that there's nothing that you can't do, that there's no one that you can't reach, that there's no struggle that you can't help us overcome. And we just declare that you, you, you don't call us to do that alone as individuals. You call us to do that trusting in who you are and trusting in the community that you've given to us. As imperfect as, as it is, it's still the way that you work. I pray, God, that you will work in us and through us and in this community. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Remembrance Community Church Podcast. You can find all our weekly sermons online at remembrancecommunity.org forward slash sermons. Thank you for listening.